thank the ones that put that together for us. We appreciate that. That's a whole lot of information to key in and type up. So, all right, Acts chapter 2, verse number 34. If you found your place, say amen. 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 I'll try not to be too long tonight. Acts chapter number 2, verse 34 through 48. The Bible said this, For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he himself, but he saith himself, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand, until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart, and said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Alright, that's a lot there, but in our previous studies tonight, and also in this study as well, uh, we're still yet looking tonight as Peter here is standing and he's preaching to those devout Jews here at Pentecost. And you think as much as we've been in this, he probably might have preached for a little while, I don't know. But here he is, he's preaching to these devout Jews tonight at Pentecost. And as we said in our last studies, he's preaching to those Jews about the Lord Jesus Christ. Alright? So the way that he done that, the way he talked to them about Christ, and the way he's gotten their attention tonight is that he's drawn them to some scripture in the Old Testament in which they'd be very familiar with. He done that for a purpose and for a reason. Number one, God told him to. Secondly, God was smart enough to use this man to reveal these people some truths and some texts that they'd be familiar with. Alright? And that was Psalm chapter number 16 which is the Psalm David had written that was not about himself, but it's about the Lord Jesus Christ, alright? And if you and I can make it that far, we're going to see these Jews tonight as they get pricked in their heart, as Peter stands up and drives home some very great truths of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you'll remember with me tonight in our last studies, we began reading down in verse 31. We look where the Bible said this, he seeing this before spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. Alright, so we talked about how that Peter was letting these Jews know tonight that even though David had written this psalm in chapter number 16, we know David was not talking about himself. We've established that. He was writing about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And not only was David writing about that tonight, but he had saw it in his life as well. Now, I cannot explain that to you. I don't understand that. That's just what the Bible said, okay? I'm not going to add to or take away from what God said. I can't explain it, but that's what it said. Alright, so he told them all this in verse number 31. Then we look what he said in verse number 32, where the Bible said, This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. So Peter had told these Jews now tonight that not only had David seen this, who y'all love and respect, 
He was letting these Jews know tonight as well that he had 120 witnesses as well who had seen Christ, walked with Christ, talked with Christ, touched Christ after he rose from the grave. All right, that this time, uh, you got to get in your mindset with me now. Let's get in gear. Could you imagine what these Jews were thinking tonight? I mean, friend, they might have been thinking tonight, could this truly be happening? All this has really come to pass. All this has really took place. And here's these Jews tonight. I bet they were pondering in their minds tonight, could it be that this is who David is talking about? The Messiah that we've hung on the cross? I mean, could you imagine tonight he told them all that? Then he said this in verse 33. Peter said, Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, He has shed forth this which ye now see and hear. He's telling these Jews tonight that this Jesus in whom they crucified and who they had doubted tonight was now on the right hand of God. All right, which is the right hand of power where Jesus Christ is tonight. There's nothing has power over Christ, okay? Uh, Peter was letting these Jews know that, but he was also letting them know tonight as well just how it is that they heard all this that's going on. How did it take place? He's letting them know that this is what you see and what you hear. The Holy Ghost of God came down. Jesus Christ is at the right hand of God. That's how you're hearing what we're saying tonight. The one in which whom you, uh, in which uh, them and you and I, uh, crowned with the crown of thorns, is now at the right hand of glory tonight. And friend, He's not crowned with the crown of thorns anymore. He's crowned with the crown of glory tonight. Friend, He sits in power on the right hand of God. The devil has no power over Him. The, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the uh, demons have no power over Him. The government has no power over Him. He's all-powerful, almighty, all wonderful, all knowing. He's Almighty God. Amen. Nobody has power over Jesus. All right. Peter was telling those Jews tonight that Jesus Christ is not dead, He's alive. And He's well. And He's alive tonight. Friend, it'd be pointless for us together if He was dead. But He lives. And He lives forevermore. So, friend, listen. He's, he's telling them, He said, Hey, David's dead. But Jesus is alive. Alright, so we read all that. Now that reminds us, get back in verse 34. And look at this. Not only is David dead, but this says, For David is not ascended in the heavens. Alright? But he saith himself, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand. Alright? So Peter is telling these Jews again that it's not David that had rose from the grave and ascended, but it was Jesus Christ. Okay, so again tonight, here he is driving home the fact and the point of these Jews that Psalm chapter number 16 did not refer to David, but it was David referring to Christ. So up to this point so far, Peter had been using Psalm 16 here to drive home a point. Now he's going to use another psalm as well. Listen, uh, the Bible said this here in this verse, but he saith himself, the Lord said to my Lord, sit thou on my right hand. Where's that from? That quote tonight is taken from Psalm 110 and verse number 1. The Bible said this, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstools. That's Psalm 110 verse number 1. 
That is what verse number 34 said, is it not? So here we see, and verse number 35 is going to finish this thought. The Bible said this, Until I make thy foes thy footstool. So we see those verses put together is what David had said tonight. Now we see Peter's quoting to those devout Jews there uh, about these things that are going on tonight. Now the first thing that we ought to notice in our text tonight is that the first time David said, Lord, in our text, I want you to look at your Bible. How's that spelled? That's a capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Is it not? This is my Bible. I hope this is yours. It's capital. So, what? why is that all capitalized? It's in all caps tonight. That means this word is ascribed to God and nobody else. It's applied to God the Father. So what David was getting at when he said that tonight is he was saying, this is what God the Father had said to the Lord Jesus who is higher than I, which is Christ. God the Father told Jesus the Son to sit thou my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. Now we know tonight that God is the only one who knows the day and the hour which Jesus is coming back. Jesus Christ does not know that. I'm sure He's probably ready and anxious and willing to come get His bride, but only God the Father knows that. He said, Till I make your enemies thy footstool. That's where Jesus is right now. And one day all of His enemies will be made His footstool. And the amazing thing about all that is this, is that here we also see something neat that David says as well. Listen to this. If you all remember in our last studies, we know that Jesus Christ, where did He come from? What lineage? The lineage of David, right? Okay. But even though David had prophesied about Jesus Christ coming from his family line, notice David did not call Jesus Son. He didn't say anything about that. You know where I'm going. David called Jesus Christ his Lord tonight. And not only did Peter use this in our text, Jesus Christ tried time and time again to drive this home to these Jews. Turn your Bible to Matthew 21. Look at this with me. I'm going to try. You see the Word of God being fulfilled all through the Bible. To the Jew first. In the Gentile. Jesus Christ went to these Jews before Peter did and said these same things tonight. Matthew 21, 41-46 While the Pharisees were gathered together, <clears throat> Jesus asked them, saying, What think ye of Christ? Whose son is He? They said to Him, The Son of David. Alright? The Bible said, He said unto them, How then did they in spirit call Him Lord? Saying, the Lord said to my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand, that sound familiar, till I make thine enemies thy footstool. If David then call him Lord, how is he his son? And no man was able to answer him a word, neither durst, neither durst any man from that day forth ask him any more questions. They said, that's enough. Jesus had applied the same doctrine as David did in the Old Testament to show those Jews tonight uh, that they should accept this doctrine as the truth. 
Alright? That's what Christ was doing. And the truth of the matter is tonight that Jesus Christ is not a little false God tonight. He's the Lord. And one of these days, child of God, Jesus is going to make all of His enemies His footstool. And what a sad day it's going to be for those who don't get in. My friend, what a glorious day it's going to be for us that are saved and born again, washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. We're going to rule and reign with Jesus for a thousand years tonight. Hey, He'll become at that time... King of kings and Lord of lords. I'm telling you tonight, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, and there He'll be, and there we'll be with Him. Oh, friend, it just so happens this is the kind of king the Jews were looking for. Now, I partly say this, they were partly right looking for a king. Partly right. Because He is going to be the king. Alright, but the thing they couldn't figure out tonight is that the king has already come. And he came tonight in a way they did not expect him to come. They were looking for a king to rule and reign, but he came in a manger, born as a babe. It's almost Christmas time. It'll be here before we blink. And I've seen lots of stuff on Facebook, and it's kind of it's kind of interesting. A lot of folks have said this, but it's true. They said, "Well, they said that there ain't going to be no toys on the shelf and things like that." And somebody said down below it. Or, or it, it was in the comment with it. I'm probably messing this all up. Me and saying the same thing. They said, "Well, if it, you think that's what it's about, then you missed the meaning of Christmas anyhow." That's the truth. Amen. But listen, he came in. They didn't expect him to come in this way. They expected him to come as a king, and a king is what he's going to be one day when he comes again. When his saints come back to rule and to reign with him for a thousand years. Well, I tell you. Peter's explaining all this to these Jews. Could you imagine the look on their face? As it's beginning to take hold, it's beginning to sink in. You know, it's like a lost sinner sitting on a church pew. I don't know if you've ever seen it or not, but it begins to click in their mind. And, and they begin to say, oh my, what have I done? These Jews are getting there. Let's read verse 36. I'm going to get ahead of myself. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now in our text, we see this word, therefore. Don't skip over the little words in your Bible. They're in there for a reason. And that word connects to what's being said. It's kind of like this. It's kind of like our word, because. Alright, so we say something and because this happened, this happened. Alright, so what Peter's saying here in this verse tonight is that he's saying because of all those Old Testament prophecies which were fulfilled in Christ, and since Peter and the other disciples witnessed those miracles of Jesus as well, and the miracles of Pentecost, he's now saying let all the house of Israel know assuredly. And the thing he's wanting them to know is that Jesus Christ has rose. He's on the right hand of God. He said don't just know it, know it assuredly. So he don't want them to have a head knowledge. He wants them to have a heart knowledge. He wants them to know assuredly. We're going to drive home that in a second. But listen, he don't want them to have any doubt about what he's saying. Now not only does he want them to know assuredly, but he wants them to know as well that Jesus is both Lord and Christ. He wants them to know that. So not only is he wanting these devout Jews that are there to know it, he's wanting the whole house of Israel to know. What does that mean? That's the whole Jewish nation. Peter wants them all to know. Why? Because Christ wants them all to know. Alright? So, again, what he's wanting them to know is that this Jesus who David's been talking about 
has now been risen from the grave in power. And even though He had crucified Him and hung Him on the cross and killed Him, those Jews did. He's alive and He's well. And not only is He alive, but He's Lord in Christ. So even though He was rejected of men tonight, thank God He was received of God the Father up in heaven. He's been given the seat of power as the Bible said. So what all that means tonight is that God exalted Jesus Christ when He rose from the grave to sit on the right hand of God so that He could be King. It's Jesus who has the dominion in the heavens tonight. It's Him who's the ruler of all things. And friend, even when the devil tries to mess with you and I that are saved, you understand tonight the devil has to go to Jesus and ask first, or he can even touch a child of God. He had to go over there to Job, did he not? And the devil went straight to God. And he said, hey, uh, you know the story tonight. He went to him and he gave him permission. Hey friend, he even has power over the devil and his angels tonight. Friend, it's Christ tonight who's in all power. How do you know? Ephesians 1, 20 and 21 says this, which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and set Him at His own right hand in the heavenly places. Listen to this. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Oh, friend. That means that right now, Christ is in control. Oh man. Oh man. Think about that for a minute. He's in control of your situation. He's in control of the nation. He's in control of even our president. And I wish that he'd be in control of getting him out of there. But listen, he is in all control tonight. He is in all power. So, child of God, don't be down. Don't be distressed. He's got it under control. So we know that when He comes back, He'll come back to judge the entire world. And the saved will be judged at the judgment seat of Christ. Alright? The lost will be judged at the great white throne judgment. Alright? The Bible said in John 12 and 48, He that rejected me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. So all that have rejected Christ through the years will one day be judged. That's what Peter's proclaiming tonight. He tells these Jews here that Jesus is both Lord and Christ. The whole purpose of it all tonight is this. These Jews, so that they might come to repentance and return to the Lord. Listen, it is to draw those Jews unto God tonight and not to drive them away. So Peter is lifting up the name above every other name. And John 12 and 32 said this, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Here's Peter lifting up a name that's above every other name. He was lifted up like a serpent on the pole in the book of Numbers. And friend, it didn't matter tonight if they were God's chosen people or not. God loved them. And listen, they are still yet God's chosen people. But they knew also because of things they had done their past to Christ, these Jews knew judgment would fall on them. They're starting to understand. The Bible said in Amos chapter 4, verse 11 through 12, and this is dealing with Israel, I have overthrown some of you as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. And you were as a firebrand plucked out of the burning. Yet have you not returned unto me, saith the Lord? Therefore thus will I do unto thee, O Israel, and because I will do this unto thee, prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. 
They know they'd be judged. The Jews had a reason to fear the judgment of this coming King. But I'm telling you tonight, the lost of this world have a fear tonight. Ought to have a fear of standing before a thrice holy God and being judged the great white throne judgment. But friend, even though they should have that fear tonight, and I know I've been repetitive, but the whole purpose for Peter quoting this prophecy of David is because those Jews had heard it before. They knew it well. But never have they thought tonight at this point in time to apply this to the king with a capital K. Now listen, up to this point in our Bibles, they thought that this had been dealing with David. Probably did. I, I would assume that. That's how my mind works. And they've been blinded partially. Remember the Bible t- talks about that. Blindness has happened partially to Israel. But now here in our text, their eyes are slowly being opened tonight. They're starting to see just what David was talking about. Boy, could you imagine being there. They were starting to realize that this Jesus is the one who's going to be that king. And now here's the gospel of Christ coming to the Jew first. They're starting to realize that what Peter was saying is true. But now they had heard the gospel, the grace of God. And now here's the thing they became preached in their heart. And now they didn't know what to do. Listen. Not to get ahead of myself, but in verse 37 they say, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Well, friend, that's what you and I cried out. Was not one day before we got saved. What shall we do? What do we do? And then you heard a man of God say, By grace through faith, you trusted on Christ. Hallelujah. With that on our minds, let's read verse 37 see what it says. The Bible said this, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? The Jews heard the message. Finally tonight they were convicted that they had crucified their Savior. Just like you and I were convicted. Before you and I got saved and born again, hey, we knew that we were sinners lost on our way to hell. Friend, we got convicted. And friend, it's your sin and my sin hung Jesus on that cross. And friend, what happened here is that instead of them getting mad and upset they heard the truth, they became pricked in their heart. Do you know what we're missing in this day and time? It's folks being pricked in their heart when they hear the truth, the Word of God. Now they get mad and get upset. Everything's a preacher's fault. Listen, friend, that word prick means this. means to pierce or penetrate as with a needle or sharp instrument. It means to pierce with grief or acute pain. And what's being implied is that these Jews after Peter's sermon were so pierced in their heart for fear because of what they had done to their Messiah. They put Him to death on the cross. They hung Him there. And they had Him whipped. They released Him. Uh, I'm sorry, they released a thief and a robber named Barabbas and crucified their Lord to die on the cross. While I'm at it, I'm going to say this. Yes, they hung Him there. But it was God throughout the whole thing working everything together for their good nighters. Oh, friend. Here are these Jews tonight. They're astonished at what they've done. I mean, friend, it's like they had treated the Savior of the world as an imposter. Uh, but now they're feeling a deep sense of guilt in the Bible, if you will. And they were so grieved at what they had done. And here they also asked the question, Men and brethren, what shall we do? You ever been found guilty? Just said, what? 
what in the world am I going to do now? Everybody knows. What am I going to do now? Here's these Jews that say, my goodness, what have we done? What are we going to do? It was like they were saying, just how in the world do we get forgiveness for what we've done? What was you ever there? Just how in the world do I get forgiveness for what I've done? Well, verse 38 said this. We're going to get through part of it, and that's we're going to have to quit. Then Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He gives them an order there. Notice that. He says to them, Repent and be baptized. He don't say baptize, get baptized and then repent. He said, repent, then be baptized. You can't be baptized until you've repented of your sin and until you've trusted Christ as your Savior. And I hate to stop right here on a verse, but this is what we're going to have to do tonight because there's so much here tonight I want to give you. And we're going to look at the doctrine of repentance because a lot of folks are confused. But listen, the order was given here in our text tonight. That's still the order of our day and our time. They had to repent of their sin. Then and only then could they be baptized. So first of all, they had to be saved. And then they could go down to the water. They get baptized. And we're going to look at that verse again next week. But here's what I'll leave you with tonight. And I want to make I want to make this as serious as I can. We are living in the last days. I believe that. And if you're here and if you're unsure, if you're unstable about your salvation, you ought to get it pinned down tonight. You may not have tomorrow. You say, preacher... That scares me. I'm not trying to scare you. I cannot scare you out of being saved. But the devil can lie to you. You know the biggest lie the devil, devil ever told? To somebody that they're saved. You're okay. Listen to me. If you're unsure that you've ever been saved, you don't know the true doctrine of repentance tonight, what it means, my hope, my prayer tonight is this, is that by next week, if it be God's will, that we'll know the basic Bible doctrine of repentance and what it means. I hope you repented of your sin. I hope you've turned your heart and your life over to Jesus Christ tonight. Hey, I remember the time God pricked my heart, don't you? Friend, I didn't know what I was going to do except all I could do is run to Him. That's all I could do. If you've repented of your sin tonight, I got good news. Victory is yours for the taking. Friend, do you know how it feels to have your sin washed away, never to be remembered anymore? Hey, do you know how it feels when you got convicted in your heart and your heart was pounding and beating and you come to Lord Jesus and He saved you and the weight was gone? Hey, friend, do you know how it feels tonight to have your sin not be covered, but thank God washed away by the love of the Lord Jesus Christ? You say, preacher, it's Wednesday night. We can't get fired up. I'm telling you, we need to get fired up about what Christ done for us on the cross 2,000 some years ago. Hey, friend, not only did He die, but He rose so we can rise. Hey, friend, do you know how it feels? Do you? Do you know how it feels? Do you know? Friend, I'm telling you now, if you're saved, if you know you are, God will give God a life. What he's done for you. Go ahead. It'll be all right. Amen. It's all right. They're going to be doing waves down the football game tonight. Surely to my goodness, we can give God a wave. Hey, he saved our soul from an evil sale. Never have to see the wrath of God. Oh, friend. 
Oh, friend, you know how it feels. You know how it feels. I'm not going to give an altar call tonight, but I'm going to say this. If you don't know how it feels, why don't you just stick around at the church? And why don't you find out? Why don't you find out? Why don't you find out? How it feels? Amen. You, you can stand tonight.